Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. All right, it's that time of the week again for the Yards After College podcast here at KSL Sports and kslsports.com. And right there is Kyle Ireland with me, Sam Farnsworth. Uh, Here we go again. Another week of the NFL season has gone. Another week is on our doorstep. And once again, the locals from the Tyson State of Utah did not fail to disappoint this week, Kyle. We had a lot of awesome performances this week and a lot to look forward to in the week to come. I'll just tease a few things we're going to talk about real quick. How about uh, Taysom Hill? Is he going to play quarterback again? Uh, we'll get into that a little bit. Uh, I've got my three stars coming up again. If you've heard us in the past, I picked my, my three local stars of the week. And, um, and, of course, the big news, which I think is where we should start, Kyle, the return of a certain BYU quarterback for the New York Jets to the NFL football field. What do you think? Yeah, no, I think that's a great place to start, Sam. Uh, you know, it's crazy. We're already a month into the NFL season. We haven't seen Zach Wilson out on the field yet. Like, I mean, he was such a big story for the locals in the NFL last season. So it, it'll be fun to have him back out there. And we didn't get to see him in this preseason. So I think that really the expectation should be here in week four, Zach Wilson is really starting his preseason over again. I don't expect him to go out there and light it up. There was you know, I feel like a lot of expectations were placed on him going into this season and then gets hurt in preseason week. Number one, doesn't play the final two preseason games. He's been out the first three weeks of the season. The jets are one and two, you know, I mean, I guess it's better than being zero and three coming into that situation, but they still are kind of a sputtering offense. And so uh, I think there's going to be some gelling that has to take place, but it'll be fun to see Zach back out there. And I, I just hope that, you know, they say that he's cleared, his knee's all good. I just don't want to see another knee injury or another injury that takes him out of the lineup because he missed about a month last season as well with a PCL injury in his leg. And then now he's got this meniscus tear slash bone bruise that he's been dealing with since August. So, I mean, as we roll into October, let's pray that, that Zach stays healthy so we get to watch some entertaining football from him. And I think that he's gonna, you know, make some progress and take a step forward in this second season. But I don't think that those expectations should really be as lofty as they were going into the season to start this, you know, week four. I would like to see those expectations kind of hit their peak in week nine, ten, that kind of area. So this is obviously, you know, was was an issue at BYU the injury bug, and you mentioned hopefully he comes back and it's not a problem again because this is a big year. For Zach Wilson and I think kind of the hidden story in all of this too was back when the injury occurred and there was the initial report saying you know it's not as bad he could be back by week one and then Robert Sala the head coach comes out and says you know we're going to target week four against Pittsburgh 
We want to make sure he's right with his knee. We want to make sure he's right with his mind. That whole part of it, I think, is is kind of one of the underlying stories here. Right with his mind. Is he right with his mind? Well, he was asked about that uh, this week in his weekly press conference, how excited he was to get back on the football field and if he's ready physically and mentally. And uh, let's listen to what he said real quick, Kyle. Yeah, it's exciting. I'm just excited to be back uh, playing ball. Flew by, so, you know. Excited to get back on the field. How, where are you physically, mentally? Do you obviously you've been cleared by the doctors, but what about you when you're? You know, you're in- yeah, I'm 100. I'm ready to go. Um, you know, of course, the biggest thing is you said and played ball in a little bit. You know, you've been trying to replicate as much as possible. So, just gonna have fun with this process and getting back in and you know just giving it my best. Approach things differently in terms of because of your knee on Sunday. Will you think about it? Will you caution yourself not to do certain movements or not to try to scramble out of the pocket? Or how do you approach it? No, I'm full go. I'm I'm gonna be you know playing ball how I can. You know, if somebody comes up, make somebody miss, get out on the edge, extend plays when I need to, hang in the pocket. You know, I'm planning on being exactly exactly how I should be. You're off that period of time, and, and you could probably draw on last year's experience. What's the, what is the hardest thing that come back? Is it the timing? Is it your endurance and conditioning throughout the course of a game? What what usually is the biggest concern when you're off that? Yeah, for me, I would say, you know, just the reps with the guys. Um, you know, I feel like mentally I've been able to learn from every single thing that Joe's gone through since I've I've been out. And so, you know, I feel like I understand the learning points there, but I wasn't physically going through those. Um, you know, so now it's how can I apply those without having those reps. Uh, and then, you know, throwing with the guys. I haven't had a lot of time to throw to moving targets. So that's what a lot of this week is uh, is getting in. And, uh, you know, you just got to be able to make it happen. You know, you got to figure it out. So there you go. I mean, Obviously, he can't wait to get back out on the football field to prove that he is the quarterback that everyone expects him to become as the number two overall pick from a year ago. Because this really is—I don't—I don't know if "make or break" is quite the terminology we should be using yet. But this <laughs> yeah. season, this season really is a season where he's expected to and needs to take a step forward, and it starts against Pittsburgh this Sunday. What do you think, Kyle? Sunday. What should we expect from Zach Wilson in his first game back? Hey, I mean, if Mitch Trubisky's out there playing for the Steelers, <laughs> I mean, I don't think that it's far-fetched to say that I'd like to see Zach Wilson come with a win in that game. But uh, I think that, you know, the the key thing for me is to see that he's making smart decisions. He's been known to utilize his legs, and I think that he needs to focus on not utilizing them until he's really back in the swing of things and then even still like I mean he's an NFL quarterback and granted their line hasn't been awesome over the last few seasons but he needs to be able to trust that he has guys blocking for him and then you know if you have a line that's having issues and you have a, a pocket passer who's staying back trying to you know take advantage of having a good pocket and then at the last minute rolling out and escaping that's good film for the GM to be like, okay, that that, those are, those are the issues there as opposed to somebody who's really quick and early to leave the pocket. So I'd like to see him stay poised in the pocket, look, you know, make his reads, uh, check the ball down if he needs to um, try not to, not to run. I mean, this is a discussion for another day, but right. I mean, he, he got hurt on artificial turf and that's been oh, a big God. subject this last week in the NFL. And we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about it some other time, but I mean, guys are tearing their knees up on that, on that surface. And, you know, I, I'm sure that him playing at MetLife doesn't help the, the potential of that. If, if that's a 
problem of concern with all these NFL players that are complaining about it this last week after Sterling Shepard tore his ACL. So I'd like to see him not run the ball so much. Um, I think turnovers, Sam, that's the big thing for me to watch this weekend out of everything else is not to turn the ball over. He had more picks last year than he had touchdown passes. And so I'd like to see him. I'm not, I'm not going to say that he's not going to throw a pick. So let's limit to one interception, but I'd like to see him have at least two touchdown passes to that one interception, have a positive ratio there. Yes, definitely need a positive ratio if he does turn the ball over. Limit the turnovers, if not totally eliminate them altogether. Joe Flacco threw for 900 yards through the first three weeks. That's about 300 yards per game. Trust the offensive line, like you said, but trust his receivers, his playmakers, to go out, run their routes, and make plays on the ball as well. It'll be fun to watch. We'll definitely be keeping our eyes on Zach this week, and we'll be talking about him next week on this very podcast once again. We did mention some injuries there. Uh, I think it, it we, we should definitely talk about the biggest story in the NFL this week is what happened with Tua Tungavailoa. Um, I mean, shoot, he had the injury on Sunday where he said it was a back injury. The, the NFL PA was very um, – they were very curious to know yeah. what happened in the concussion protocol there, why he returned to the field so quickly. Um, and, and then Tua came out and the team came out saying, well, it was a back. It wasn't, it wasn't a concussion. It was a back. But then four days later in Thursday night football – we all saw what happened to Tua there against the Bengals. I mean, he got knocked clean, cold. Uh, you know, great news that that he he had motion. Um, you know, he was alert at, at the hospital and everything. But that is still a huge concern, Kyle. When you see a guy go down with an injury that appeared to be a head injury. I mean, he was wobbling, yeah. and, and then he goes down again the very next game, out completely cold. Yeah, and I mean. The NFL has made progress, right, in the concussion protocol since, you know, a decade ago. I mean, I, I think back to Austin Colley in 2010, former BYU wideout uh, with the Colts. I mean, he had a great run there. What ended his career was concussions. It was his head hitting the turf, hitting helmets. Um, you know, he had, you know, a, a, a lot, you know, of trauma in a short amount of time. And that's what I look at with Tua is – Within a five-day span, he's getting his body beaten up pretty good. Whether or not he had a concussion the first game, I guess, is not up for me to decide. And right. I don't know. I, I don't know if he did or not. Um, I tend to believe that he did because I don't know what back injury makes you get up and then kind of fall over looking like you're – I mean, he looked like he was out of sorts. I was, I was yeah. shocked that he returned in the second half. And I thought it was on the coaching staff more than anybody else. I mean, even if he's cleared from the protocol from an independent specialist or whoever's there making that decision, the fact is Mike McDaniel saw what happened on the field and shouldn't have put his, his quarterback back out there. I I just, I don't understand how you as a, as a football player who then a week later professes to be caring more about the human than the player and, you know, his future doesn't really matter right now on the field. It's just about two as a person. Well, five days ago, it was all about what was on the field because you saw him all wobbly and then you put him back out there in the second half. So I think that one, he shouldn't have gone back out in the second half last week. It should have been Teddy Bridgewater continuing to play uh, last week. And then against the Bengals on Thursday night football, I mean, I'm sorry, like that's just, 
it's a it's a tough, rough, rough, violent game, and stuff like that happens. But it shouldn't have happened to Tua because of what happened a week ago. And so that's that's really the big problem. Is you know, even if it had been four or five weeks ago, it would have been a big deal, and it would have been just as big of a talking point, I think, because hey, we know what happened to Tua a month ago, and now it's happening again. Concussions, everybody knows, are scary, and CT has been. I mean. You go watch the movie Concussion with Will Smith and you won't want your kids to play football. I mean, I mean, that's just how it is like that. That movie puts fear into people and the game of football. And so I, I don't know. I mean, I don't think that there's a, a good answer here other than I think people just have to have better judgment. And clearly, Tua shouldn't have played the second half last week and he shouldn't have been out there against the Bengals. Yeah. Uh, don't be surprised if the NFLPA comes forward with lawsuits against the Dolphins, against the NFL. This is a story that will not go away anytime soon. It'll be around for quite a while, even if and when Tua returns to full health. And so, Yeah, let, let me ask you a question, Sam, on that. Since you covered the Broncos for many years there in Denver and in Colorado, what what is the player's perspective on this issue? Because you've got these guys who are out there putting their bodies on the line. I mean, I know that they're getting paid millions of dollars. Like everybody gets that, but at the same time, like, I mean, it's like a boxer who goes out there and he's just getting his face beaten and yeah, sure. He's making a lot of money, but like one punch could end that guy's life. And, you know, a bad hit could, you know, paralyze you. I mean, Ryan Shazier with the Steelers a few years ago. I mean, like this is a violent game and these guys, you know, are out there entertaining people really what it comes down to. So how, how does a player view this? Like how, how did players from the Broncos organization view concussions and, and what was their thought process if something like this were to happen? Yeah. Well, I mean, just injuries in general, players want to play. They want to play when, when it comes down to game week, there's nothing like it. They don't mind missing some practices. You know, they don't mind sitting out to, to preserve the body. But when it comes to the game week, they want to be cleared from whatever their injury may be. They want to play. Players are becoming smarter, too. They're becoming more educated. I shouldn't say smarter. They're becoming more educated when it comes to their own health and their, you know, their brains uh, and, and their body and how they need to protect those, even when they might feel 90% and the doctors say, hey, we need to be smart here. We need to hold back. Players, they understand the drill now. Ultimately. They do want to play. And here's what this, the situation with Tua that I'm, I'm curious about. Um, no matter what the injury was from, from two games ago, uh, Tua is kind of in a situation this year, not necessarily where he's fighting for a starting job. It's not like Teddy Bridgewater's standing there waiting to take over at any moment's notice. But Tua has been you know, under the microscope a bit and, and criticized and, and, I don't know, picked apart for his style is he ready to be this NFL quarterback can he take this next step he's been a good quarterback but the moment he starts to mess up or miss time or something is the moment that people might quickly want to sweep him aside right so I wonder from his perspective if he feels a little bit of that pressure I can't miss time I can't not play and then have my backup come in and outperform me I wonder if there's that kind of pressure on him because I know that's a pressure that players throughout the league feel whenever they get hurt is their backup going to come in and play better than them. And then they lose their job, not only their job, their career, whatever. So I wonder if that had anything to do with the way they handled the, the first injury. Okay. Um, whether it did or not, 
don't know, but there is that pressure there for some athletes. But like I said before, they are becoming more educated and they are becoming wiser to make good decisions, good sound decisions when it comes to, uh, to, to those um, injuries, because they're nothing to, to mess with. That's for sure. Seen too many bad injuries. Yeah. So um, speaking of quarterbacks though, uh, did you ever think Taysom was going to play quarterback again? Because no. the, way, the way he looked when he came into this NFL season, he put on some weight. He's, yeah. He was ready for the, for the ground pound, the, the physical uh, nature of NFL football. And you just assumed, hey, he's embracing his role as a playmaker on that offense, whether it be a wildcat, whether it be a running back, a tight end, whatever it may be, he's embracing his role. Well, this week, I had no idea until I heard his head coach, Dennis Allen, say this. Listen to this. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Dennis, Jason taking some quarterback snaps today. Is that just like a just in case? Well, I think that was a little bit of the plan all along as we kind of started this whole process is that eventually, you know, he'd begin to get some more reps in the quarterback room. Um, and and so, yeah, that's 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 kind of part of the plan. It's not, not really. Not, not really. Um, you know, uh, again, that was part of the plan, you know, from the very beginning. And, and certainly he had some injuries in training camp and it kind of limited the amount that we were able to kind of moving back and forth between rooms. So, uh, you know, that'll be a spot that we continue to uh, get him some reps at. So there it is, Kyle. Uh, apparently this has been the plan all along, that he's going to be taking reps at quarterback. Not that uh, he's the plan is to play him at quarterback anytime soon, but he's still taking reps. Are you surprised by that? Uh, like 80% surprised. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, I, I was shocked that that he said that. I mean – it's it's kind of crazy because I I thought you know once Dennis Allen took over Sean Payton leaves Sean Payton was a big advocate for Taysom Hill so you switch over Dennis Allen obviously is familiar with Taysom Hill being on the staff uh, under Sean Payton before but now he takes over as head coach he's a defensive minded guy I'm like okay he's gonna be like you know what Taysom's more of like a you know utility guy a you know I, I don't well, I won't say one trick pony because he can do it a bunch of stuff on the field, but like, you know, a lot of people are out there and for some reason, Taysom is like such a polarizing figure amongst mm-hmm. like NFL fans where people either are in love with him and say he's awesome or he can play quarterback. And I know that there's a lot of BYU fans who feel this way as well. Um, who are like, you know, Taysom Hill is a, is a starting quarterback in the NFL and other people are like Taysom Hill should not even be playing that position. He's a running back. He's a tight end. He's a receiver. He's this, that I, I don't know. All I know is Taysom Hill makes winning plays on the football field. He helps your team out. And we saw that before. I mean, he didn't play last week because he was hurt. He was inactive in week three. But that first week of the season, he comes out and he's running all over the football field. He scores a touchdown. I'm like, that was the Taysom Hill drive for the Saints. And the Saints offense hasn't done anything this season. I mean, I don't know what it is because, like I said, Taysom Hill is like this polarizing figure. And Jameis Winston, for some reason, 
has fans galore. And I just, I've never understood it. He was a turnover machine in Tampa Bay. I mean, sure, he was throwing 30-plus touchdowns, but he was also throwing 30 interceptions. I mean, you've got to take care of the football if you're a starting quarterback in the NFL. You've got to have that positive turnover ratio, like we said earlier. And so, I, I don't know. I don't know if Jameis Winston's the answer. I was surprised that they kept him as their starting quarterback. I was surprised they re-signed him in the offseason. Um, Andy Dalton is not the answer. He's their backup right now. Um, so I don't know if, if Taysom's the answer under a Dennis Allen-led Saints team. If Sean Payton was still there, I just have a feeling that he would have gotten more reps already at quarterback this season. Mm-hmm. They would have started to tweak things around because of Sean Payton's belief in him. Taysom Hill has a winning record as a starting quarterback in the NFL. So, I mean, he's you go look at his stats. Go pull up a box score uh, from last season. I mean, he he played well. Does he have the prettiest ball that he throws? No. I mean, I, I don't know. Like Zach Wilson throws yeah. a better better football. Jaron Hall throws a better football. I mean, those right. are your BYU guys that have come after him yes. that throw a better pass than Taysom Hill. Yeah. But Taysom Hill can make the plays that will help you win football games. So he's got seven wins and nine career starts. Um, Jameis Winston this week held out with an injury. He's doubtful. Andy Dalton's been taking the first uh, team reps. They're playing their game in London against the Minnesota Vikings. So it'll be an early uh, 7.30 a.m. mountain time. It's going to be it's going to be a rough morning for me, Sam. <laughs> you get that early start. You can watch <laughs> almost that whole game before church, depending on what time uh, you're yeah. going to church at. Uh, will Taysom play quarterback? I doubt it unless it's in the same uh, – I don't want to call it gimmicky role, unless it's in the same sure. you know, designed role of, of the Wildcat or something like that. Um, will he play quarterback again this year? I doubt that too. But if if things continue in a way that they're not winning games, it could get back to that. I mean, you mentioned the turnovers. Uh, Winston's in the negative there. Four touchdowns to five interceptions. So – uh, who knows what's going to happen with Payson, but he is a very exciting, fun player to watch. He reminds me of Tim Tebow, except he is willing to yeah. play other positions and work hard to become another, uh, uh, to be successful at other positions because he doesn't throw a pretty ball. They find ways to win, but you go back and look, even in the seven wins, statistically, he's not always the greatest, but they sure. still find ways to win. And so he's definitely a valuable asset for the for the uh, New Orleans Saints. Let me ask you something on that, because if Andy Dalton's starting there on Sunday and Taysom's essentially their backup at that point in time, I mean, they, they had an Ian Book last year. I think they waived him in the offseason. They don't have a lot of experience there behind those three guys as far as NFL snaps are concerned. Do you think that on Sunday they're willing to – put Taysom out there in a role like he's been utilized, you know, a tight end wide receiver because of the injury situation, or are they just like, Hey, if Andy Dalton gets hurt, like, you know, we need Taysom Hill. So like you can't jeopardize Taysom Hill who was injured and inactive a week ago to be able to just go out and try and make those just general football plays. Yeah. So that's a good question. I mean, what, what is Jake, Luton, is that his, I don't even know how to say his last name. What is his yeah. status with the team? Is he taking enough reps to be ready if and if where if Andy goes down, uh, he can step in? Or is this a situation where Andy starts and Jameis is kind of there? He can go in. We don't want him to play, but if we need to, he can go in. Because I just kind of believe that even though Taysom may be taking first team reps, 
if it gets to the point where Andy can't go for whatever reason, you just got to feel like the offense is totally going to change. It's going to be more right. of a read option type deal where he can throw the ball, but can he throw all the routes that, that they want to do? And if they want to continue with that same offense, then they're going to have to look to, okay, can Jameis go in? Is he even dressed for the game? Who knows? Yeah, uh, what, sure. about, what about Oregon State's uh, Jake Luton? You know, uh, can, can he play ball? Exactly. I, what about him? Right. So <laughs> we're going to learn some things on uh, on Sunday morning. It's a great start to the uh, NFL weekend, though, to see uh, Taysom. I'd love to see Taysom make one of my uh, one of my three stars this season. So hopefully he can keep up with that. Uh, uh, speaking of which, how about we do that? You want to you want to get to the to my three stars? I mean, it, it's not a hockey podcast, but let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> it's we're reeling in the hockey fans here. We're we're deceiving them by saying hey we got three stars on this show come listen um all right we'll start it off with with uh number three here it is third star as he did in the last possession Yeah, I think I've gotten better every year. Um, uh, yeah, like in, in college, I hit a lot of Aussie punts, and I'm slowly, you know, getting more comfortable, you know, mixing things up and making the return of sort of cover or like the whole field and different things like that. Um, sort of uh, in off seasons, I feel like I'm slowly sort of figuring out like my best way to sort of like prep for the season. Uh, just little things like that, but I do feel like I'm getting better each year. Okay, that's not the most exciting uh, highlight to hear, but the interview after was pretty darn good. It's former University of Utah punter Mitch Wisnowski, my third star of the week, Kyle. The guy is outstanding. He had a 74-yard punt, which is tied for the NFL season long this year, averaged 46.8. Eight of 13 punts inside the 20 this year, six of them inside the 10 this year. And he had two against the Broncos that were just inside inside that uh, 10 yard line, inside the five, I think. Um, he was named the NFC player of the month, uh, of the month, of the month. And Mitch Wisnowski is my third star. I mean, this is a guy who's playing at a Pro Bowl level. Yeah, I mean, that one punt he had on Sunday Night Football against the Broncos, where it, I mean, if you're a Broncos fan, you're like, that thing touched the line. <laughs> yes. um, but the tip of the football, I mean, it landed and hovered over that white line on the end zone. And the I definition, mean, the definition yeah. of the, of the, in foot. So if you're trying to score a touchdown, the tip of the nose just has to hit break. The Sam, white line. Football rules don't make sense. But like that's, punch, that's what it, it's come down to. Yeah. According to the rules specialist and expert, the ball has to touch the white line which it did right so but 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 it broke the plane right like so like that's the thing that's weird is like if you score a touchdown you break that plane that ball clearly broke the plane it just didn't touch the tip down to the the white paint there but heck of a heck of a coverage play by their uh their special teams there in san francisco yeah i don't want to spend too much time on punters but mitch wisnowski deserves some praise so he's my third star gold star there 
There you go. All right, let's move on. Second star. about not getting in the end zone again, or what? I just might, bro. I'll give myself more green for anybody. Uh, you know, I mean, you definitely want to get in, but, you know, you got to just keep going. Opportunities are going to, you know, keep presenting themselves, so you got to just keep going. Does Justin Herbert have to throw the football to, to to break this open for the offense? At time and over the middle, that pass was tipped by the rookie, Devin Lloyd, incomplete. A really good reaction. Watch Lloyd, number 33. He's drifting to his left, but he just feels... Because he's reading the eyes of Herbert. I would just say, you know, every week uh, it's getting more and more comfortable, you know, especially me missing all the training camp um, and then, you know, only having that one preseason game. So just uh, getting, getting the full of things for sure. Okay, he was my second star last week. He is again this week, Kyle. It's Devin Lloyd from the University of Utah. I mean, the guy is playing just ridiculous football. He was named the rookie of the month. How about that for Devin Lloyd? Uh, and defensive rookie of the month I should clarify there is an offensive one as well um man another pick right this is and not only that he he could have picked off one or two more passes in that game you heard in the highlight there that he had a a pass breakup got his fingers on the ball Devin Lloyd is just wow I mean this is kind of we shouldn't be shocked we saw him do this at the University of Utah we knew he was going to be a good NFL player but the way he's playing I think is even exceeding the highest expectations that maybe were set for him so far. I think that there's a couple of things that are shocking to me. I guess I'll, I'll start off with this. You and I went down to the NFL draft to cover Devin Lloyd getting picked there and talking to him right after the Jaguars selected him when we were back in there. I mean, we walked past the little green room area or whatever, go into that interview section. And when we went over there, I mean, he's standing right next to Kyle Whittingham. The two of them are kind of having these little media sessions and then, you, you you go up and interview him. He didn't seem like he was too big for the moment then, right? I mean, yeah. you're you're surrounding him with all these strangers, essentially, bright lights, biggest moment of his life, and he just seemed totally cool in that setting. Like, it, it didn't phase him one bit. And so at that moment, like, I'm like, okay, like, Devin Lloyd, like, he's, he's not going to be phased by the NFL at all. Like, I mean, he's... <laughs> He's been a star player at the University of Utah. He's been on the biggest stage. You know, he he played in the Rose Bowl. I mean, he 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 gets it. And he's I mean, he's a super smart guy, really just a genuine kind of a human being. And to go to a situation like Jacksonville, which has been such a mess, I think that he's become quickly a, a leader, a young leader for that team. And through 3 weeks, they've made strides as a defense, as a team. And, you know, all of a sudden the Jaguars don't look like the laughing stock of the NFL. And I think Devin Lloyd is honestly a big part of that. He's making highlight plays out there on the field. He's leading his team in tackles. You know, I, I just think that there's so much about Devin Lloyd as a person, his character that is uh-huh. leading to his success on the football field. So it doesn't surprise me one bit. Yeah. I mean, like I said, he had another pick. He had three passes defense, seven tackles. He's just patrolling the middle of that field so well. Excited to see what uh, the rest of his uh, rookie season uh, has in store for him. Now, before I get to my first star, I, I want I want to shout out one other player. 
who I almost put in as one of my stars this week. One and a half star. Yeah. So uh, Southern Utah University lineman Braxton Jones for the Chicago Bears. The guy is an absolute man beast up there on the on the front line. There was two rushing touchdowns where when you slow down the replays and you're looking at the running back, stop looking at the running back and look at big Braxton Jones and watch him just bully those defenders, uh, just plow the, the way for the, for the run <laughs> game. And just that guy, he was super impressive in, in, in uh, the combine, super impressive so far in uh, his rookie season with the bears. I love Braxton Jones. He's not my first star though. He's not one of my stars this week. Who is the first star? Here it is. Williams in the backfield. He gets the call straight ahead, and he's in. Jamal Williams, touchdown Detroit. We'll see. I guess. I guess it felt different for everybody else, but not for me, though. It just, I'm just trying to do my job, just help the team win in any way I can. So. Off now 22 at 30. Hands it off. Williams, right side. Williams extends and scores. Back into the end zone, Jamal Williams with a 13-yard rushing touchdown, and Detroit extends their lead. That's why I was tripping. I thought it was a holding call or something. I'm like, did they just flag me for doing the dance that I've been doing forever? Literally forever. Before Ken Peel, before all the little hips, uh, oh, almost cussed. <laughs> before all the hip stuff, I've been doing this forever. So now my stuff is correlated to nothing, nothing against them, you know, but that's mine. My hips. Let's take another look and can credit the right side of the offensive line. Just the power of the stiff arm. Then it's the uh, it's the Shakira. The hips don't lie. That's something. Mine is a wave. <laughs> that's why. That's how I actually get away with it. I've been getting away with it all these years, but now they want to bust me for it. I was pissed. I was sad and disappointed in myself because I gave the team a, you know, a penalty, unsportsmanlike like conduct penalty, and it's just like, damn. Ah, it like real. It really like stamp my mood a little bit but everybody was like forget about it just keep pushing but yeah it still sucks though one of the most exciting players in all of football i don't care who you are it is jamal williams and there you heard it right there uh and the funny thing about about his performance obviously a big game the two touchdown runs um and, you know season high in, in yards as well his uh, his post game remarks, even though they were they lost, he still felt like they should have won the game. But he talked. We just heard it right there talking about his being flagged for his touchdown <laughs> celebration. celebration. Yeah, and he's like, I've been doing that forever, and now they choose to pick on me. I mean, come on. Uh, I agree with Jamal Williams. Come on, tuck those flags away. It's the NFL. Let the guys celebrate a little bit. Um, but man, Jamal Williams, this is one of those games we were kind of waiting for him to have for a little while now. Yeah. I mean, he's had multiple two touchdown games now through three weeks and going into week four, you've got Deandre Swift, who's banged up for Detroit. And so Jamal's going to get the bulk of the carries there again, I would assume in week four, uh, for the Lions. And so I wouldn't be surprised if he has another performance where he's got 80 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, Detroit's one of those teams, Sam, that's. They're getting better. You can tell that they're getting a little bit better, but they're still, when it comes down to those clutch plays, end of the fourth quarter, they're a field goal short here. They're a touchdown short there, you know. But Jamal is a veteran guy on a young team 
And to be able to have a guy who's, like we said, I think a couple weeks ago, you know, he's not the explosive guy who's going to go out and just run for 150 yards. I mean, maybe he'll surprise us. I don't know, but he, he's not consistently that RB one guy, but he's just, he's so consistently him. And I just love the fact that even after a loss, you know, he's still having fun. Like he's just, he's playing football because he loves the game. So I, I love, I love Jamal for that. That's awesome. Jamal Williams, 20 carries, 87 yards, two touchdowns, and will likely be the uh, the bell cow this weekend for the Lions as well. Those are my stars there, uh, uh, Kyle, but I know there's uh, there's we have so many locals that that we're keeping our eye on. So it's not like it's not like I'm just grabbing some guys there. There's a lot of great <laughs> performances out there. I could make a huge I could make 10 stars every week if I needed to. But those yeah, are, my I mean, stars. you guys basically do on KSL Sports Live on Sunday nights. I mean, I, I tune in at 10 o'clock and I, I watch until, you know, I get sleepy after a long day of NFL football. But uh, it's cool to see, you know, how many guys make plays, you know, Thursday through Sunday evening. And uh, it's it's pretty impressive that we have. I think I think it's a little over 50 guys now. Uh, last time I counted that are on active rosters. So pretty impressive from the uh, the locals. And uh, unfortunately, this week, we might not be seeing one of our former youths, right? Yeah, uh, Julian Blackman, he got banged up last week, uh, sprained his ankle. They said that he's going to be out on Sunday, so don't expect him out there for week four. Hopefully, it's just one of those injuries that keeps him out just one game. Ankle sprains are weird because, I mean, if it's a high ankle sprain, you you could be out for a month. Uh, Sometimes they're just like couple days you tape it up and you can play the next game I, I don't know um, but he's not playing uh, this week so hopefully Julian who's kind of had some bad luck with injuries since his last game at the University of Utah and then also uh, last season um, hopefully he's able to stay healthy this year he's uh he's so talented uh, when he's healthy he is outstanding and I think he's got a bright NFL future so I, I'm hoping for the best um, all right Kyle real quick before we wrap this up, if there's one local or one just NFL game in general that you are most excited to see this weekend, what do you got? Uh, it's definitely Zach Wilson for the local. I I don't think that there's any way to sugarcoat that and you know yeah. paint somebody else into trying to pick somebody else. So I'm going to have to say Zach Wilson. I just think that he's going to be fascinating to watch uh, coming back from this injury and uh, you know, hopefully he's able to, to play well and give us something exciting about uh, to write about on the website and talk about on the podcast and have on TV this week. But uh, as far as games, I'm torn between Sunday night football and Monday night football. Sam, uh, I think that the Sunday night football game is definitely the game of the week. I don't yes. think that there's any way to to pick another game there. But the Monday night football game is intriguing because if the Rams beat the 49ers, and all of a sudden, Jimmy Garoppolo is leading a one and three 49ers team that's in a really tough division anyway. I just I think that San Francisco is a tough football team, but there there's going to start getting to be some heat on that that coaching staff to make some changes, do things differently. Um, I mean, you already heard some stuff come out this week about, you know, him and Shanahan and I yeah. don't know. I just, I think that that's an interesting game to watch because the Rams are really good. Um, they clearly, clearly are. They won the Super Bowl last year, but uh, I, I don't know. I think that division games are always funky. So that's one to keep an eye on, but Tampa Bay and Kansas city. I mean, that's going to be, that's going to be a fun game on KSL on Sunday night. 
So, so let me let me just broaden our viewing day a little bit. I like those games too, but let's start with an early game, and I'm not talking about the England game. How about one of them after an 11 a.m. kickoff between the Jaguars and the Eagles? It kind of covers two bases with a pretty yeah. good game to watch and some local interaction there with Devin Lloyd. We got Britton Covey in that game sure. as well. Um, hey, the Eagles are three and zero. The Jags are two and zero. Are the Jags for real? That's one of the yeah. things I'm most interested to see if the Jaguars can keep doing what they're doing. Um, Jalen Hurts and Justin Lawrence, I mean, come on. This is a fun matchup. Yeah, no, it's 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 a good point. Jalen Hurts is playing out of out of his mind right now and, uh, you know, playing like an MVP. I, I, I don't know. Nick Sirianni, he's a good offensive mind. And, uh, you know, it's interesting because when – I know that I'm talking about the Colts way too much on this podcast, but he was their <laughs> old OC – and so it's interesting to me that he's not calling the plays there in Philly. He's one of those guys that wasn't OC, doesn't move over, and you know he kind of lets his staff kind of do their thing, which is interesting. And you've really seen Jalen Hurts blossom. Uh, let's hope there's not some Ute on Ute crime though in that game. Yeah. I don't want to see Devin Lloyd blowing up Britton <laughs> Covey. It's not. I don't want any of that. Britton Covey took a pretty solid welcome to the NFL hit last week on one of his punt returns. I was like, whoa, yeah, that's a that's an answer. That's also, Britton. He's gonna he's gonna hold on to the football now. That's what's gonna happen. Yeah. He's gonna he's gonna keep that thing high and tight. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Trevor Lawrence. I know his name's Trevor. I said Justin Lawrence. I caught myself there right after Trevor Lawrence. All right, hey, yeah. that's it, Kyle. The locals' uh, yards after college podcast. This is fun. Kyle got this thing started. Now he's brought me on board and let me have the keys to the car for the first time here on the podcast too, and it was fun. So you, you did you did well. I liked it. <laughs> Very awesome. nice. Good deal. Thanks, Kyle. Hey, uh, so that's it for this week. Be sure to, to follow uh, Kyle and myself on uh, KSLSports.com and KSL5 Television as well. Uh, on all the socials, you'll find all of us on everywhere as well as, well as KSL Sports. And um, we'll be back again next week for another Yards After College podcast. Thanks for listening.